Hello Rebels, you've tuned in to the Rebels Rewatch. This week, we're discussing Legacy. Well, we're finally back with Rebels Rewatch. That's awesome. Um, been a little while. Uh, been just a while. with, I mean, in general, just with everything in and out in Season 5. Yeah. But now we're on track with Season 6 and bringing you new, fresh stoof uh, and continuing where we left off, we would have I would have preferred not to have ended off mid-season uh, with Rebels between Season 5 and Season 6. Mm-hmm. Ideally would have had Season 2 done um, or ended in a more appropriate point. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Nah. Uh, at the end of the day, though, uh, we're going to continue finishing off uh, this series now that we're invested. You're into it. You don't even know who the moose is yet. So I don't know who the gotta, water buffalo gotta is. Gotta continue. I gotta know. Um, but we are set uh, with our plans to finish not only season two, but also season three by the end of the year, which would be the end of season six. That meaning season seven of Nerd Herder, we will finish season four mm-hmm. and thus finish Star Wars Rebels. Yes. That's the goals. So up front, letting you guys know what we're hoping to accomplish with Rebels and hoping that you will keep us on track and that the world will work with our plans, uh, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Very funny. So um, now to let you know, uh, in order to do that, our plan is to talk about two episodes a week, um, but that won't be two independent episodes. We'll combine those. So uh, as you heard, we're talking about Legacy right now. Then after the commercial break, uh, we'll be back with the next episode. And that's what most of them will look like. Uh, originally, we only wanted to do that with actual two-parters, which is why season one and two took so long. But the problem with that is then just how long it takes to get through a season. Yeah. And a reminder that this is an open channel. You guys can tell us if you don't like what we're doing or if, you know anything really yeah in, um any input uh would be greatly appreciated we uh again as you heard have a little bit of a new intro trying something different mm-hmm. uh the format of this episode is going to be a little different we're trying different things to do different things and hopefully it just all adds up to be good mm-hmm. uh if not you can always let us know so Uh, Moving on to the actual episode, we get a cool character growth uh, sort of episode, which is really nice. And it is Mm -hmm. Ezra-focused, which is nice. He being the main character of the show, it's always nice when he gets to take a front seat to character development. This episode's sad, man. Uh, It's emotional, um, which is the best kind of episode. Um, So, uh, you know... It's Ezra-focused, and the title is Legacy, and clearly a continuing thread through his story, as we've seen it so far, has been a big part of his relationship with his parents, and obviously how that impacts his opinion of the Empire, and -hmm. his overall approach to how he does life. And so this is uh, rubbing right up against that in, um, well, really directly, because uh, he opens up with having a vision of just intercut you know stereotypical vision scenes yeah yeah that they they don't seem to make any sense but uh he's definitely feeling it's connected to his parents and it you know he's still 
left wondering, are they still alive? You know, they've been captured by the Empire. What happened to them? And and right now, that's Ezra's biggest journey, is finding out what happened to his parents. Mm -hmm. Joining the Rebellion and speaking out against the Empire all stem from his parents and who they were, and him hoping that eventually that will bring him back to his parents. Yeah, definitely. And so that sort of comes to a head here. And so based on the vision, then um, he, you know, part of that is uh, dealing with a uh, prison cell. Mm -hmm. So, okay, prison cell, they were captured. Maybe if we look in their uh, imperial prison records, we'll find something. Yeah. Um, And so he kind of does a, a very convenient force look um through the list basically just scroll and then where the force tells you to stop is the who you're looking for Mm -hmm. um and that and that does happen he again assumes it's a part of uh his parents but is it because you know imperial records aren't exactly the most well kept for the sake of you know plausible deniability yeah hey you captured my mom well look through the records we don't see your mom's name in there uh, it's easy when you don't next, you know, when it's prisoner zero zero X one zoo, uh, you know, zoo, that's yeah. a letter now. Um, you know, so if you, if they don't have an identity, you can't say we kidnapped them. Right. Exactly. Or, I'm, I'm sorry, not kidnapped, uh, rightfully imprisoned. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, meanwhile, though, uh, if you remember where we left off, it was a really, uh, awesome moment with Ahsoka battling the inquisitors, saving, uh, our heroes and, babies related hey, to babies. the force and all that stuff but in that episode uh our spider inquisitor lady had uh eavesdropped on ezra and heard about where they were hanging out yeah that comes back in this and that i mean it's made out to be this big old oh good job callus you figured out where they are the spider droid kind of recorded it yeah ezra kind of said it so but sure Give it to Callus because he doesn't really seem to be doing much of a good job lately. So honestly, Callus with his mutton chops doesn't seem to be doing a good job in general. Right, he's not. I mean, you know, facial hair wise and job wise, hunting hunting rebels, but there be no rebels to uh, show for it. All all of this we're in two seasons now, and mm-hmm. you've caught who? Yeah, sure. If you could just think about it, mutton chops are just a negative space goatee. <laughs> exactly, they're the al- they're the alternate when you do that um, that color click mm-hmm. uh palette swap that's what i was looking for yeah there you go so uh it's sort of a, a crossroads because now the empire knows where the rebels are the rebels are trying to leave where there are and get back to lethal mm-hmm. and of course that means we got to knock around some buckets um it gives ezra a moment of sort of emotion and and uh, sort of boil over because obviously here he's like all right we got to get back to lethal we've got to do this we've got to do like you know, it's like we finally have a lead and we need to go. Uh, and here's the Empire standing in his way. Yeah. Um, it get, puts him at the point of overreacting uh, so much so to think that he can just charge against Callus and the Inquisitors. Um, but, you know, despite the stupidity of it, um, it, it comes from a good place. You know, yeah. uh, when, when you've been holding out hope for so long for something and finally get a, a glimmer or or a hint anything that gets in the way is a major inconvenience yeah we just gotta remember jaboy's been through a lot right and he is young he is uh 
a team. He's dealing with a lot of things and doing a lot more than someone his age probably should, which was a common conversation with Ahsoka as well. Yeah. Uh, now, as far as so they they do manage to escape with a little extra help and everything. So they escape the planet they were on, which is Garel, which is very purple, to get back to Lothal, which is very yellow. Um, many of these planets are, you know, we joke about, oh, this is the forest planet and this is the ice planet and this is the lava planet. Mm-hmm. Well, now we have the purple planet and the, the yellow planet. planet and the black planet. And it's just very interesting yeah um it you know it's it's interesting that when you fill in so much you can think that you have variety when in reality you have singularity it's like look at all these wonderful planets we have yeah but that one's just a forest Mm -hmm. that one's just like so for instance this one's just lava (laughs) right the floor is lava the walls are lava it's lava so imagine if where you lived your whole state was just one option um there's not a lot of variety so we live in georgia it's well, not yeah, that but, hard to imagine <laughs> but for a few hours drive you can yeah. get to somewhere else so it's just interesting yeah. that in whereas we look at it as oh i'll just go to the next city because they have yeah. a hot topic in in star wars oh i'll go to the next planet yeah because they have not hot weather <laughs> yeah, it's like when we were driving through kentucky and i was making the joke of on your left you'll find corn and on the right, oh, you'll find corn. Yeah, <laughs> or tobacco depends on what it is. Exactly. So it's just interesting. Um, but now uh, we had a little bit of a conversation of this when it came up in Clone Wars because Clone Wars did have an obligatory young protagonist vision quest. Yes. Um, do you feel any differently, or have any initial thoughts to just the whole? Oh, I had a vision. Let's stop everything and have an episode. When it's useful. When would? How would you describe useful? I well, Ahsoka stopped. An assassination attempt. I'd say that's pretty dead go useful. <laughs> Finding your dead parents, not as useful. No, no it's useful because it's character development. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Kanan wasn't around Yoda a bunch. So uh-huh. I don't think he's really of the mind of, well, you know, just leave it. It'll mm-hmm. probably work itself out. Well, I will say at least with Ezra, there's a bit more to it considering that this isn't his first time and it won't be his last time kind of rubbing against the force this way um whereas with ahsoka it seemed very oh can everybody do that could you always do that why why don't we use why now why like of all and not to say padme is not important but of all the visions to have about saving all of the people in the universe when it's padme then you you all of a sudden have this power and why are we listening to this one? <laughs> right. Why why has this never come up before? Yeah, so I, I think actually it's much yeah. better done here in Rebels because they have prefaced it before. It has been a thing of, hey, I've seen this before or I've yeah. heard this before. We didn't listen to it and then everything went to crap. Right. So Ezra seems much more nature boy, very in tune with the Force, whereas Ahsoka, it seems much more... But you're a soldier, and all of a sudden you're saying you had a dream, so we should put you in the accounting department now. Like It just seems like you're kind of playing out of your field, Mm -hmm. which I know is a very, well, that's the exact opposite approach you should have when someone has this instance, because you should be open-minded. But when that person's never shown an aptitude for this, and, okay, I'll believe you, this once, and then they never show it again, I'm just like, 
Yeah. You just got bored with your job today, didn't you? And I know we're going to get comments if I don't comment on the nature boy, but woo! <laughs> um, so <laughs> I, I think more so this is a, let's step out of the narrative, look at the real world and just realize the yeah. writers and, and Filoni got better at building up this sort of <laughs> spiritual instance yeah. rather than, well, what if she had visions and never coming back to it? So yeah. I think that's a moment of praise for sure. Well, it's the same kind of foreshadowing they used for a lot of Anakin's story. Mm-hmm. And I think the point of it in his circumstance was it has to come to pass. Therefore, we're going to put so many roadblocks in his way to keep him from thinking about that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to give him a, a Jedi Master who doesn't listen to his visions. Or is that very, I'll oh, just pray about it kind of spiritually. Exactly. Yeah. Um you know, because, yeah. I, so for instance, that was very much the approach to Ahsoka was, eh, just pray about it, just, just figure it out. It. Just, you know, uh, clouded the dark side. Uh, yeah, you yeah. say that all the time, Yoda. You really do. Uh, the soup doesn't get any thinner. <laughs> Whereas here, it's much more, Kanan's definitely very, well, let's not rush. It's not always as it seems, but he's willing to look at it. Yeah. Um, clearly, they're willing to escape their planet in circumstances and their mission, because they are now rebels on the pay dock, to go for this personal journey. So clearly, yeah. his family cares about what he's experiencing. And so that ends them up on Lethal, where things, again, start to start to add up. So mm-hmm. a significant part of his visions was this white Lothcap, which white yes. animals, white, white Lothalian animals will come up later again. In this instance, uh, it's a Lothcat, which is very... Yeah. Lothal, like you, you see one, you see the other kind of thing, mm-hmm. and you know Ezra's first instinct is okay, follow that Lothcat because <laughs> that's that gonna lead me to that, yeah. and then uh, it it ends up doing exactly that, which leads to the next part of the vision where he sees someone kind of staring down the barrel at him, mm-hmm. and this is all again following the clue of hey that prisoner, you know that the force told me it's this prisoner, we need to investigate that one. Uh, and that's who they end up meeting. That's who is clearly on the defensive. And Clancy Brown. Yeah, yes, <laughs> uh, it is Clancy Brown, um, Clancy Brown doing a great impression of Clancy Brown. Um, to be honest, I love it when it's just Clancy Brown voice. I, I appreciate that, but considering Clancy Brown voice is pretty much Savage Opress voice, I yeah. thought it was pretty but like interesting. A little, a little more gruff. It's like Savage is a little deeper, but it's one of those things where it, it's much like when you're playing guitar, it, you can add more and more yeah. depth and distortion, but eventually it just sounds the same. Yeah. It's like, like Mr. Krabs voice is just him doing an accent. Yeah. It's fantastic. Well, but that's the thing is if there was an accent thrown in or something that at least, Oh, it's not just deep, but it's a deep accent. I would like him to have a Swedish accent, please. <laughs> right. Um, it even looks like Clancy Brown, really. really um, but his name is Ryder Azadi and he was a friend of Ezra's parents and Ezra knew him. So that, that, quickly de-escalates the situation but then this leads to the answers that Ezra was looking for but not necessarily wanted yeah. and Ryder Azadi confirms what he suspected in that his parents are dead yeah apparently uh Ryder Azadi uh was the prisoner they were looking for because he was a prisoner with his parents so the force did point them in the right direction of mm-hmm. a prisoner has something to do with my parents they were right. It just mm-hmm. wasn't their parents. Yeah. Um, 
what's really interesting and what I don't know that I necessarily paid attention to before about how this impacts the timeline is Ryder tells Ezra that his parents heard his message. Uh, in season one, a significant point was he called, you know, he got on the yeah. Imperial radio basically and did this message of hope and blah, blah, blah. So they were likely executed right after that. Yes. So originally I didn't notice that line of, hey, your parents heard your message and that inspired hope. The reason he was able to escape is because that inspired people to rise up. Mm -hmm. Even in the prison system, his parents were not able to escape that riot essentially. And that's how they were killed. Um, so yeah, this is some complicated feelings because a couple of things. Okay. So my parents heard my message, revolted and attempted to escape and were killed. Mm -hmm. So they were inspired to death by me. Yeah. Dang, that sucks. You're going to be happy. You're going to suffer, but you're going <laughs> to be happy about it. Right. So it's like, yay, my parents heard the message, but dang, I caused them to do this and yeah. that got them killed. It's, it, it is a little bit of a double-edged sword in if you do a good thing, sometimes that inspires other people to do a bad thing. Yeah. Does that mean not to do the good thing? Does that spoil doing the good thing? Mm -hmm. You know, it's this moral wrestling match inside of every decision we make. Oh, daggone. You ain't kidding, sister. And, um, it, you know, I, I think of a Doctor Who quote, which I know this isn't Nerdyverse, but to cross fandom lines, um, you know, doc, the 11th Doctor talks about how, you know, life is a bunch of good things and bad things, and the good things don't necessarily take away the bad things and the bad things don't necessarily spoil the good things mm -hmm. it just means that both exist and oh, 11 had so many quotes <laughs> i i think that's one of these moments where instead of looking at it like oh i caused a riot that mm -hmm. got my parents killed more of what like writer azadi is saying is you inspired people which is yeah. exactly what your parents wanted and they would have gladly done what they did over and over if it meant other people got to escape. Yeah. So it, it kind of points out that when we do good things, it's not always necessarily for our benefit. Mm -hmm. The good thing Ezra did was not necessarily for his benefit, which would have been that his parents escaped. It's mm -hmm. more so that Ezra did what he did for the benefit of others and that his parents in that same instance and in spirit did the same thing. Mm -hmm. More than likely, they could have easily escaped themselves, but didn't do so for the sake of making sure others got out. Yeah. So Ezra is fulfilling his legacy. He is living up to the expectations of his parents, which is all that I think most parents could ask for. Yeah. And a couple of things. We're looking at a screen cap, at least I am, of this episode as we go along. And I just noticed something that just made my heart clench. Mm -hmm. So at after this news is given to Ezra, mm -hmm. he has a very emotional. I think you're going to point reaction. out what I'm going to exactly. point out that I want you to. And it it broke me when we watched this episode. It's this a, is... it's a really good episode. Uh, yeah. the, the things dealing with Ezra and his family are always really solid yeah. emotional hits, which is really mm -hmm. interesting comparatively to other episodes because where you're not expecting it. Right. There's a lot of fun in Rebels, but then they don't do the fun at the expense of the good, the, the, the emotional. Exactly. Um, so, but yeah. Um, there, Kanan of course embraces him with both arms, which is a very nice yeah. moment, but chopper. Chopper oh, reaches little... out. And oh, it's not what I was going to point out. That's even better. Oh. Um, cause that's good. Cause I wasn't oh going to point that out. So I'm glad you caught that, which is, yeah, the yeah. rust bucket even has a heart in that. Right. Moment. 
Um, there's no there's no denying that uh, Chopper cares about Ezra. Oh yeah, it's it's why he messes with him. Exactly. Um, what else do you do to your siblings? Uh, the the moment I was thinking of, and what we'll uh, close with before we get to uh, our ad was, um, I thought it was. M- very beautiful the imagery of the ending because he walks off and looks off at the moon something about force boys looking at you know solar objects uh is very interesting Um, well yeah i mean technically the lunar is only lunar because of the solar because it the moon is bright because of the solar captain technicality strikes again (laughs) so i mean i'm still right um sure let's go with that (laughs) big light balls in the sky make me go whoo um so it's just ezra uh, and then it transitioned. So he's looking at the horizon mm-hmm. of Lothal. And the next transition is that same horizon, but now during the day with his parents. Yeah. Um, and there's this nice exchange and it can be real or not to you. It depends. It, I put this up there with the Ben Solo, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Han moment from episode nine. Yeah. It's up to you. I'd call it a confirmation. Um, what's significant is it doesn't end there in that, his parents are still with him. Yeah. It actually goes back to real world, except now Canaan's there. Exactly. And I, I love this symbolism of remembering what yeah. I had, but recognizing what I've gained. Yeah. I, I, you know, recognizing I had my parents and I miss them, but recognizing I've also gained a great family. Yeah. And, you know, it ends off with that of Ezra and Canaan together going to show that yes he's lost his parents but he's not alone which is very significant and so this closes a chapter uh for ezra's character growth for sure but definitely doesn't end there because if anything he trades this character growth for another now that he's gotten confirmation of something he's so searched for Mm -hmm. uh what has happened to my parents and so um i think this is a really great emotional powerful episode which is really awesome Moving on to A Princess on Lethal. So this one, I was really excited for for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did that pay off? It's alright. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I it's get it. Space Jam. Um, kind of like what we talked about uh, in the initial feelings of it, you know, and everything. One of the good things of Star Wars Rebels, but also something that can be a bit of a deficit to it mm-hmm. is that it's very self-contained. So yes. unlike Clone Wars, which is much built on arcs mm-hmm. of four, three, five episodes, you know, you're in for this much of an investment. Rebels isn't really like that, which, you know, like we talked about in the introduction is why initially we were like, well, hey, we're just going to do, if we only have one episode, we're only going to talk about one episode. Yeah. And we tried that for a while but it extends itself quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, but the, the one of the benefits is you can jump in almost anywhere, even an episode like uh, Legacy mm-hmm. that has the, the payoffs of things that happened in previous episodes. It does enough to make you feel like you don't necessarily have to have seen those episodes yeah. to get, oh, this is an orphan kid, you know, like, and so it's, it, it, it is one of those things where though, in if, if it's all one and done episodes, mm-hmm. the adventures are a little simpler because you only have 22 minutes to get through it. Yeah. And I think that's what this one kind of suffers from in that I think if it had been maybe a two-parter, 
uh, we would have gotten more payoff with having such a big character, which obviously if you can't tell from the title, that being Leia. Yeah. Um, because you do have to every once in a while have a legacy character show up to remind you this is Star <laughs> Wars. Uh, or at least that's the opinion of the, the you know, overlords. The folks in charge. I get it. You know, for I think we view things from a, you know, fanatical standpoint and assume that's where everybody comes from. But for a lot of people, sure, unless one of these characters shows up or one of these instances happens, mm-hmm. you know, you could forget, oh, this isn't just some random kid's show. Yeah. I, I, you know, I I'll it. give it to him. But so kind of picking up um, off of the last events, our heroes or part of them are still on Lothal, that being uh, Kanan, Ezra, and Chopper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our new friend, Bucket Hat. <laughs> yes, uh, Ryder Azadi. Uh, it's actually kind of convenient because someone from the Rebels high up is being sent to Lethal for a little bit of Rebels relief. Mm-hmm. And that is the uh, passport for Leia to enter this episode. Yeah, basically. So she uh, is a senator. She's an imperial senator because by this point it has not been absolved. That doesn't happen until actually episode four. She's also wearing a very interesting outfit. A very Ralph McQuarrie episode, very, uh, outfit. Very um, Ralph McQuarrie. This it's continues got things on it that I don't know what they're for. Yeah, very well. Everything wanted to be very techno-ish. Yeah, you wanted to feel everything inspired by. Oh, we're in the future. Mm-hmm. We're we're you know, um, and so this this outfit's lifted directly from Ralph McQuarrie art, which is the theme of Rebels overall. So much of it yeah. is is steeped in McQuarrie art, which gives it its unique look, which is nice. I like it. Uh, it's also nice to have a different outfit. It's yeah. not a dress. It's not anything frilly or anything. It's very functional. Uh, it's a, you yeah. know, working on the go kind of <laughs> outfit. Favorite layout outfit. Oh, uh, Boosh. I was about to say Boosh yeah, is very good. It's very cool. It's not even a layout outfit, but she looks good in it. And yeah. I just feel like that's the most her in terms of, I mean, yeah, you know, she's functional. Yeah. And also something that we forgot to mention is that it's a very Padme outfit. Yeah, it's very episode two Padme kind of mm-hmm. uh, inspired, which if you didn't link it to the concept art would have been the next thing a lot of people would have assumed, oh, it's meant to look like that. Yeah, which that's some of my favorite stuff in Star Wars is when you have characters dressed like other characters. Yeah, well, um, interestingly enough, looking into it, apparently there is a belt buckle that she wears that's inspired by Bail Organa's like like something that shows up on Bale's outfit in one scene in uh, Revenge of the Sith. I'm trying to find a picture. Oh, yep. Aww. So it's yeah, like. Yeah, that's Bale's belt buckle. Right, <laughs> something. Um, you know, it, yeah. but it's like the, the little details that the creators go through to link things together. Like, oh, that's how you know she's Leia. Yeah. Right, sure. Welcome to Fashion Talk with the Mads, <laughs> a new podcast by Nerd Herder. So, yeah, so she's there as an Imperial Senator uh, under the guise of bringing relief for the Imperial citizens. Yeah. She brings in tow three hammer Hammerhead Corvettes, yeah. uh, which is really awesome. Technically, I want to say this would have been the first real appearance of the Corvettes, which would have led to their appearance in Rogue One. Very neat ships. Oh, yeah. So, uh, if anything, if you're wondering where the ones in Rogue One came from, probably like, these. Pro- probably. probably Leia. Uh, one of these might have been the one that took down uh, Star Destroyer in, in the Battle of Scarif. That was so cool. Very. Um, so, the whole idea is we've got to meet up with our rebel contact, Leia, mm-hmm. and get these ships. 
to help the rebels. Yeah. Cool. Uh, except, apparently, this is their approach to literally every other time Leia does something. So when she shows up, the Imperials are already like, oh, you, well, we're locking down your ships because we don't want rebels or miscreants to come and steal them. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of air quotes if you if you couldn't hear that through the microphone. There's a reason <laughs> that Vader knew exactly what oh, she was yeah. doing. Well, and there's a direct link to, you know, he he when he uh, kind of pulls her over and all this other stuff, it's just like, I'm I'm on a diplomatic mission. And it's like, this yeah. is not one of your mercy missions. Just you know. like rolling down the window <laughs> in the, the, oh gosh, what is it called? The, the executor. Executor. And just like, do you know how fast you were going? Uh, it's actually not the executor. Because that's well, the super star, that's a super star destroyer. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The I don't know what ship name it was actually for the. Is Tarkin's Yarkin? <laughs> right. It's his yatch. It's probably something very imperial. Um, Tarkin's Yarkin. So yeah, so this is the kind of stuff that got her a reputation with the Empire in terms of, which yeah, that's why you change up your tactics. Yeah. Like oh no. They stole my ships and supplies and weapons and all of these things I totally intended for the Empire. Oh, no. Well, we should probably chase after him next week. My supplies. I would do it now, but I'm so busy with Imperial senatorial duties. You know, like, <laughs> it's, it's clear she has a tactic and the Empire's figured it out. So they locked down the ships and put them under AT-AT guard. <laughs> so, so you great. know they know, but they, they know. can't do anything because she's a diplomat, which is really funny mm. uh, to see play out. And meanwhile, the whole time, Kanan and Ezra are there in Imperial uh, yeah, disguise. because they have another one. Right. Where is Ezra getting all these helmets? Uh, beats me. Does he have a fetish? So, I think he has a fetish. Their whole thing is, okay, well, let's at least get out of here and figure out. So yeah. they uh, feign a, oh no, the rebels kidnapped the princess. Um, to be able to at least regroup and think through things and like, okay, how are we going to get those ships now without a full frontal yeah. assault? And then you get an incredible scene that's, a, it's a few seconds. It's only a little, it's a very small bit of this episode, but you get the ghost crew being sweet to Ezra and consoling him after he tells them the, the yeah. news. Yeah, well, because it's easy to forget that that, did just happen yeah that was literally the last episode um and so yeah it's that first moment of really kind of dealing with some of yeah. that stuff um and even leia uh is pushed into a little bit of the moment mm-hmm. which feels a little bit like just using the character because it's leia yeah but because a good moment comes from it i'll let mm-hmm. it pass yeah it's a very good moment and it kind of shows that leia isn't always business yeah, I mean, it's what makes her a good leader is because she's a good person and she's a people person. And she recognizes in this yeah. moment, he doesn't need to hear, well, we have to do it because the Empire's bad. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she, you know, ends up telling him, you know, because I can fight, I feel like I should. Yeah. And it, having just heard that I spoke out against the Empire and it ended up getting my parents killed. Yeah. That's more of, I can still fight though. I still have a reason to fight. Mm-hmm. Because I'm fighting for others who can't. Yeah, and as small as she is in this episode, I think it does a lot for her character. Because most of the character development we character development mm-hmm. we get for Leia is look at how tough she is. She's yeah, rescuing like, these boys. They they love to put her in very uh, and 
that is absolutely a part of her character, but it's a oh, yeah. part of her character. Exactly. It's not all that makes her a good character. We get these very soft moments between her and Luke, her and Ray, and these really nice moments of, hey, I am a person with emotions. You are a person with emotions. Right. Let's see what we can do about that. Yeah. So after the momentary inspiration, uh, they regroup, gather a plan, mm -hmm. which basically just goes down to, okay, we'll make it look like I escaped the rebels, mm -hmm. but then you guys just run in and steal the stuff anyway. Amazing. It was always going to play out this way. We all knew it, but we had to have some moments to... Yeah, they need those ships. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it does play out essentially like that, where, mm -hmm. you know, it's just kind of like a firefight between the ghost and a couple of AT-ATs, and um, it's a kind of time-sensitive mission of Zeb and Kanan to get the locks off so mm -hmm. that the ships can escape. It ends up all working out, yeah, and they make it look good in that Leia escaped, mm -hmm. and the Rebels got their ship anyway. Yeah, um, we also learned that Leia can take a stun blast to, like, a champ. Oh, yeah, like, they really make it look good. Yes. Um, which props to them. I mean, they recognize it. So it continues this cat and mouse with Leia to where she's not, they don't have anything they can directly use as evidence against her. Yeah. But clearly they know and she knows and she knows, knows they know and they know she knows, but they're going to just keep going because she's got to get to episode four. Yeah. Uh, but it was interesting to see kind of the rep, what built the reputation she got. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. like you said, it's a small bit, it's a short episode, but it does lend itself to even just one little line in uh, episode four that all of a sudden you, we saw yeah. that, you know, we, know. We, we saw those mercy missions. Yeah. Um, and as far as using legacy characters, it's a better way of having done it. Yeah. Um, much like how uh, 3PO and R2 showed up in a very understandable capacity, but also could have been anyone. Yeah. Um, this is another instance of very workable and understandable. Could have been anyone, but it's kind of nice that it was Leia. Yeah, at least it wasn't Chewbacca. Well, we had a Ezra-focused episode that was very emotional, really awesome. I, I really... I, I personally really like the Ezra-focused episodes. Mm -hmm. Not to say that he is better off than any of the other characters, but it always just seems to really hit more or closer to home when it's Ezra. Yeah. Um, but I will say that when other characters get focused, it's awesome. Maybe not emotional, mm -hmm. but awesome. Which yeah. is good because next week uh, we will end up discussing a uh, Sabine-centric episode and a Zeb. So we have two more character-focused episodes, which is really yeah. nice. We're just making our way through the ghost crew. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of that of, hey, here's our group episode. Here's our individual episodes. Here's our group episodes. Here's our individual episodes. And it's just a lot of mm -hmm. that motion and everything. Yeah. But that's what builds a very likable, relatable, understandable cast, which is what Rebels is good for and known for. And that's why I think it works. So uh, it's good to get to know them. But... You know, where there's Sabine, there's Mandalorians. So next week's going to be exciting. We're looking forward to it. Uh, thank you to our patrons who support the show and make every weird thing we do possible. Uh, we appreciate you, Jim, uh, Doug, and Rebecca. No, yeah. I did not almost forget someone's name. Absolutely not. Okay. Yeah. Back off. Jeff, Back off, or, Jeff. Or, or, or Jeffany, or or Dougathy, or what, whatever, whatever your name is. Um but no, seriously, thank you to you guys, um, especially a very practical 
uh, way that Patreon's support goes to benefit the show is that we recently did our live stream, gave away a bunch of swag, and mm-hmm. our patrons basically so, paid for shipping fees. Basically. So uh, everyone that got that swag and enjoyed the live stream, be sure to thank our patrons. Um, they're awesome people, and we appreciate them. Uh, we also appreciate our friends over at Game Infinite, Jesse, who does a whole bunch of work all the time promoting gamers and cosplayers and all of these other awesome creators. We work with him in promoting Star Wars creators, and it's a lot of fun. But you can check out Game Infinite on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and yeah. uh, be a part of that awesomeness. Uh, also, Red 5 Network, you can check them out because they're full of other awesome podcasts, including ours, but there's a lot of other awesome, more awesome people than us in that network. Yeah, I'd also like to thank Boba for staying quiet for most of the episode. Most of it. The rest of it you won't hear because we're good editors. Um, But if you did hear anything, eh, if you don't like it, pay our Patreon, we'll send him to college. But He um, needs college. Otherwise, we'll be back next week, excitedly, uh, with some Mandalore. Ah! Yeah, uh, that that was painful. But uh, until next time, I've been your herd leader, John Wayne. I've been your member. And we will see you next time, guys. Bleh. May the force be with you. Bleh.